0: We're good. All right. Thank you, Pastor Rod. I appreciate you inviting me to speak again. This uh, is—I'm counting. I don't know if anybody else is counting, but this is the uh, third occasion I've been here. This will be the fourth time I've actually gotten to speak to you, because one of those times you had two services. But anyway, so I I appreciate the opportunity to come. You know, Ramsey Creek occupies a a very special place in my heart. I know quite a few of you uh, personally, and uh, I've been blessed by your lives. I've been blessed by your support. Uh, You know, there's been... uh, A lot of transition locally in a number of the churches, you know, some good, not so good. But, you know, even your church has gone through some transition. But, you know, your your support has been constant. You know, it's been unwavering. You know, it's been undiminished. And I'd just like to say thank you personally and thank you for Options for Women, just for your continued support. The strength of your support has been a real blessing and encouragement to us there at uh, Options for Women. You know, one of the things uh, as I think about you all, I, I I know your hearts, and and I'm blessed by your hearts. I, I see, uh, I know a lot of you by name, but I see, I feel, I experience your heart and what you know. You're with us, and so I, I appreciate that. So anyway, and I know that you all are praying for us, and, and I can't tell you how much that means. Uh, to us prayer is the battle we are doing battle every day you know some of the uh, the songs that were sung today i I was just like blown away because they're some of my favorites but you know standing on the promises you know each day we begin our day with prayer but as we begin our day with prayer personally i You know, there are things that go on. The devil attacks us in so many ways. And ways frequently that you can't see. Excuse me. I'm going to occasionally have to (laughs) rely on some water here. But the unseen battle that goes on. And, And prayer is... And God's word sustains us, sustains me through that. You know, the the battle is is fierce in ways that you can't begin to imagine. Maybe you can. You know, some of you have have been involved in spiritual warfare. I'm not so naive to think that (laughs) none of you you have been through that either. But uh, now we're going to turn to Psalm 139. Now, we've looked at it quite a bit already, but uh, I'm going to, uh, that is one of the, proof text for pro-life, and I'm going to take a look at the whole text. We're going to look at Psalm 139, and I, I, as I looked at it and I meditated on it, there's a lot here, and I'd like to just place it in context as we look at Psalm 139, so bear with me, but I I think it's worth reading in its entirety. Oh Lord, you've searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there's a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You've enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence if I ascend to heaven you're there if I make my bed in sheol behold you're there if I take the wings of the dawn if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me if i say surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night even the darkness is not dark to you and the light and the night is as bright as the day Darkness and light are alike to you. For you form my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I'll give thanks to you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. You know, this is such a picture of incredible intimacy. And so even though we look at those verses about life, this is a a picture of a creator and a created son. And he knows the relationship he has with his creator he knows how intimately his creator knows him. And so as we reflect on that, you know, it's it's this is not a dispassionate examination of God creating a person. This is a personal experience of my creator knows me. He knows me in a way that nobody else knows me. He knows me from the beginning. We see this. And this this is a passage It is so worth us taking the time to meditate and reflect on and let God impress on our hearts what he's trying to say to us. You know, as we think about God creating human life, we really don't have to look very far. You know, we can look right, you know, no farther than the end of our noses. You know, God created us. And so we reflect on that. Because God created us, He knows us. I'm going to continue. I'm not going to stop here. Get ready. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, men of bloodshed, for they speak against you wickedly, and your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with the utmost hatred. They have become my enemies. Now is that jarring? Where, where, what on earth did he say? And what, where did that come from? Well, you know, as I thought about this, I thought, well, you know, he's, he's going through this reflection on who God is and who he is in light of his creator. And, And, you know, and he's just in awe. And so I think all of a sudden he comes up short a second and goes, oh, wait a minute. There are people out there that don't think of God like that. There are people that don't realize what an amazing and awesome God he is. And so, all of a sudden, David's response is, wait a minute, there are people out there that actually hate you. How weird, how, how outrageous is that, that they would hate you? But that's true. There are people out there that hate God. You know, and, and sometimes, if we're honest, there have probably been times in our lives when we've hated God, you know, and we have to repent for that. But anyway, so it, d, d, David, as he reflects on this, the fact that there are people out there that don't know him, that hate him, he go, he goes, Well, wait a minute. You know what? If they are your enemies, then they're my enemies too, dadgummit. <laughs> so <laughs> You know, so there's a passion there. And all of a sudden, you know, his, his passion is directed toward God. And all of a sudden, his passion is going, wait a minute. Not, not everybody else is like that. And there are people out there that really hate God. And and so, I, you know, he says, they're going to be my enemies too. So let, let's finish up the psalm here. Says, he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Well, let me, before I read that. We've seen a lot of passion here. We've seen a positive passion, and we've seen a negative passion taking place. And I, I think David kind of maybe catches himself. He's going, "Wait a minute, you know, I, maybe I I get a little carried away, Lord. You know, I, you know, I, I need to take a deep breath here." And, and so, you know, my my passions sometimes get the best of me. So uh, let's back up here a second. So what is so? There's a change in tone. There's a change. In uh, passion level, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there be any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. He knows himself. He knows how prone he is to sin. He knows that he needs God to search him. He knows he can be extremely, you know, one way and extremely the other way. And he knows he needs a God to search his heart. You know, we all need to examine ourselves. But you know what? We need the Lord to examine us even more than we need to examine ourselves. Sometimes uh, they talk about uh, navel-gazing. We don't need navel-gazing. But we need God, to the Holy Spirit and his word, to try us and to search us and to see if there's any hurtful way in us. So, well, we're really here to talk about life, but I, I, I did want to put it in context of this passage. And I think if we see life in the context of this broad sweep of, of passion and emotion that David is experiencing, it, 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 it gives us a little bit more insight into how God views life. So, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And somebody could rightly ask, well, isn't all of creation... Fearfully and wonderfully made. You think about it, you know, look at the science. It's amazing uh, what we know about creation, the detail that we're able to go into. Uh, one of the most worshipful classes I ever had was anatomy and physiology. Of course, that's human anatomy and physiology. But I, I, was, I was just in awe. God just blew me away. But every part of creation is like that. Every part of it is like that. So the answer to that question it isn't all creation like that? It's it's a qualified yes. It is amazing. But in Genesis, you know, after each day God pronounced it good. And then after he got done, he created man. And he said, Well it's very good. So there's still something unique about man. God says in Genesis one twenty nine, he says, Let us make man. In our image, according to our likeness. Now, in all of God's creation, nothing else was created in the likeness of God, in his image. We were created to reflect him. And that's unique. Nothing else was created like that. It's the image of God, imago dei, the reflection of God in us that makes us special. That's what makes human life special, sacred set apart sanctified and as we see in Psalm 139 that life begins in the womb and really if we're honest with ourselves it begins in the heart and mind of God even before that we existed before we even were created in our mother's wombs well now we come to the current situation turn with me to Psalm 94:20 20 and 21 I don't want you to read it yet, but I do want you to turn there. Decades ago, I'm I'm dating myself here a little bit, but I came across this passage. It wasn't somebody that, that pointed me to it, but I came across this passage, and I had to do a double take. It just stopped me short in my tracks. And I'm going to read it to you. Verses 20 and 21. It says, Can a throne of destruction be allied with you? And the word throne could be translated tribunal or a court. And I think that's interesting. You think about our country and how we got where we are with Roe versus Wade. It wasn't the legislators. It was the court that did that. Can a throne, a tribunal, a government of destruction be allied with you, one which devises mischief by decree? They band themselves together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. Isn't that a picture of what? Situation is in our country, the innocent have been condemned to death through this unrighteous law. Well, you know, what is more destructive than taking a life in the womb? I can't think of a more destructive thing. You now the verse poses the question, and I, I think it's a rhetorical question. I mean, when he wrote that, he knew what the answer was. Of course not. Of course the throne of destruction can't be allied with God, which condemns the innocent to death. So, think about that. Pause. You know, God calls us to repentance. You know, judgment begins with the household of God. You know, I, uh, in the Bible, repentance is not just a one-time occurrence. It's a way of life. It should be a daily way of life for us as we break before him. You know, we nobody knows us better than we know ourselves, and we know how prone we are to sin. We need to repent every day. And so I believe the church in the U.S. is in the process of repenting. Is our repentance complete? No, it's not complete. The scripture says we are performed deeds appropriate to repentance. And so that's where we think about What is a deed appropriate to repentance? Well, I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But, you know, one of the things, I'm going to go down a little rabbit trail here. In a way I am, in a way I'm not. But as we think about the horror of abortion, taking innocent human life in the womb, 30% of pregnancies in the United States have ended in abortion. And you think about that, it's not an abstract. It's, it's a real number. It's real lives. It's real people. And in this church, if this is a cross section, it may or may not be, but 30% of us here, men and women alike, could have been involved in an abortion. Think about that. So the churches, as well as our, our culture, is full of walking wounded people, people that are in need of forgiveness. They need to know Jesus Christ. They need him. We all need him. But one of the unique things that happened in the life of options for women was we, after we opened, I can't tell you, it wasn't a huge number, but I was surprised at how many women came wanting to volunteer that had experienced an abortion. Now, they were in various stages of recovery, various stages of healing and restoration. Uh, we had one woman come to us, uh, is now one of our, our finest coaches. She used to work with Thrive, but she'd had two abortions. And she's been through our, our Bible study. It's not ours per se. We use it, but it's called Forgiven and Set Free. It's a nationally used Bible study for, uh, for people that have had an abortion. And, and I, Some of these workers are becoming some of our best workers. But before they can actually begin to step in in a uh, client contact way, we require, and this is standard for most pregnancy resource centers, we require them to go through a Bible study or some sort of a healing process. But it, it helps them to take a look at where they are in relationship to their creator They can find healing. They can find forgiveness in Jesus Christ by the blood of Jesus. Turn with me. You know, just as we think about that, I just want to put it in perspective. That, perhaps in some of our thinkings, is one of the worst things that could be done, one of the worst sins possible. But, you know, each one of us have sinned. Each one of us deserve the wrath of God. Each one of us need the healing and forgiveness of the blood of Jesus Christ. So we we need to be sensitive and aware, and we need to individually be willing to extend that grace to those in our midst. And, and they're here. Trust me, they are here. You know, I, I found out the other day, uh, decades ago, my grandma had abortions. In the 30s, I was an only of an only. My dad died when I was 15 months old when he was in seminary, and he died of Hodgkin's disease. very treatable, curable now. But anyway, I always thought it was odd. I was an only son, and he was an only son. But I did not realize until just about a month or two ago that my grandma, in the 30s, had illegal abortions to get rid of would have been aunts and uncles. How many cousins did I not have? Each one of us are touched in different ways. So, just be aware, be sensitive. Well, I'm gonna turn to, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 21. This has been a theme for me with options for women, but I, I keep coming back to it. Uh, sometimes I, I moved down the road a little bit, but I keep coming back. The Lord keeps bringing me back to this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us. And reconcile is a fancy word for making peace or to bring into agreement. So that's what God's done. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ. We needed Christ to do that. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us, or placed in us, inside of us, the word of reconciliation. Those of us that have been born again, that have new life of Christ, we have this word of reconciliation in us. We have it to offer it's alive. It's not just some dead, uh, just some words on a page. It's alive. And it's the life of Christ in us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Repent. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for bringing each of us to this place, this time, even though today nationally is a day to remember how important, how sanctified, how set apart human life is because we've been created in your image. Lord, yet each one of us, we've seen how intimately acquainted you are with us you created us and you have brought each one of us here to this place today at this time and you've been doing a work in us that only you know and the person that you're working in but God I just pray for each person here I pray for your people pray for us that we would truly repent that we would be repenting each day that we would see that life of Christ flowing through us. Father, I pray for those that don't know you. I pray for those that have yet to experience your forgiveness, to be reconciled to you, to be born again, become one of your children. I pray that you'd be working in their hearts too. I pray that you would be drawing them to yourself. Open their eyes or their hearts to see Behold the wonders of you. Father, I pray for those in our midst that have been caught and hurt through the pain of abortion. Lord, we've all listened to Satan's lies in different ways at different times. God, I thank you that you're patient with us. Lord, I thank you that you work in our hearts. You draw us to yourself. You shine the light of your love and your word. our hearts. Father, I pray for those that need your healing. I pray for those that need your forgiveness. I pray that they would find that in you. I pray that your body would be a people that would minister that to those that are hurt. And it's not just women. There are men out there that are hurt as a result of abortion. God, I just pray that you'd be working in all of our hearts. Lord, just making us a people fit for you a people that reflect Jesus Christ to those around us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your work in us. Thank you that you promised that the work you began in us, you're going to perfect until the day of Christ Jesus. We can be confident of that. Lord, as bad as it may look at times, you are at work, and your work will not be thwarted. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well. You know, I, I talked about deeds appropriate to repentance and I'm going to give you a few. I'm not saying that any one of these is the one that you need to do, but you know, obviously, uh, we need financial support and you all have been great supporting us and we appreciate that. But there are other ways, you know, they're more important, more significant ways. And let me go back to the financial part. One of the things I've had conversations with those that are involved in options for women, and one of the things you know sometimes we can get focused on the money, and by the grace of God, we don't get focused on it too often, but I said, you know Christ gave us the example of the widow's mite, the two copper coins or pennies that she put in the treasury, you know and there were Pharisees that were rich and they're dumping tons of money in the treasury, you know, and Christ called attention to her and he said she 's given more than all of them more than any of them because she gave all that she had you know it doesn 't matter the amount God knows our hearts, God honors that and so I, I just want you to know that that by the grace of god that 's the attitude we want to take we don 't think that there 's any amount that 's too small and you know, we of course we believe God for big amounts too so, but but you know I, I just want you to know that our attitude is that uh, we're looking at people's hearts. We want your hearts. We want you to be with us. So we need coaches and we need receptionists. These are our client contact people. These are people that are the hands and face of Jesus Christ day in and day out. Uh, right now we've got about 10 coaches and 10 receptionists. We only need uh, one of each at any given time, but that's about what it takes to, uh, to keep us going. And and there are seasons in life where people come and people go. And, and so we... The, the need is pretty continuous. We need to have more people like that. And we will train you. It's not something that we will throw you in <laughs> to the wolves or anything like that. So, uh, but we also need uh, younger, uh, fresher blood. You know, some of us are a little on the older side, and, and so... Uh, you think about the age, average age of our clients is 26.9 years, and that's not just us, that's nationally, but our, our figures have tracked right there with it. It hasn't been any different. And the, I'd say probably uh number of them, quite a few of them already have two or three kids. And so just to give you a little bit of an idea of what they're like. But we need some younger, fresher blood to help us reach this younger generation. You know, we don't see the way they see. And uh, one of the things we take our coaches through is a, a course called The Love Approach. And it's a manual about that thick. But it's all about helping to see from the perspective of an abortion-minded woman. Because it's I guarantee you, for most of it, it's 180 degrees opposite of what we think. And so it's not something that comes to us naturally. So God has to sensitize us to the women and men. They're coming in the door. We have to, in a sense, be able to see and feel what they do. So anyhow, we do need young people. We need tech savvy. We need people that know social media because, you know, some of us know it, but a lot of us don't. (laughs) We need, uh, we've got a walk for life coming up in the spring. It's always, so far it's been the Saturday, the day before Mother's Day. That's kind of intentional, but this is usually, uh, these walks for life are typically a young person's event. Well, we we need some more young people to be a part of that. So, uh, if you are so inclined, we'd love to have you. Advertising, you know, we're one of the biggest things that we do is advertising and marketing, trying to reach out to those potential uh, women. We've got uh, an abortion-minded woman coming in this week. I, we've got two coming in. One on Tuesday and one on Wednesday, you can be praying for them. But one of them's coming from two hours away. Now that's pretty rare. We don't typically get that, but we do try to get our, our marketing and our advertising out throughout Northeast Missouri. You know, that's part of our, our bigger vision is to, uh, is to create a culture of life in Northeast Missouri. Not just Pike County, not just Bowling Green, not just Clarksville, not Louisiana, but Northeast Missouri. And so, Anyway, you can pray for us along those lines. I'm going to read to you our mission and vision. I think they've had it, and they will perhaps flash it up there at some point. But anyway, I'm going to read them to you. We have supporter brochures back on the table or the counter back here. Whoops. And what it says is give hope. People that are in a crisis pregnancy need hope, and that's the chief thing that we have to offer. And it's only through Christ that we can offer real hope. But anyway, inside, uh, there are a number of things. There's our services. There are volunteer opportunities. But I'm going to read our vision and our mission statements to you. Our vision statement is a community where a culture of life thrives on the truths found in the gospel of Jesus Christ concerning the sanctity of human life, marriage, and family. And then our mission statement is the mission of Options for Women is to confidentially aid those facing abortion and parenting decisions in northeastern Missouri and surrounding area. We will accomplish this through complementary clinical, material, educational, emotional, and spiritual support required to make Christ-centered lifestyle choices. So anyway, in a nutshell, that's who we are, what we're trying to do, what you all are already a part of. A number of you, I, I can't tell you, Ramsey Creek's got a ton of you out there <laughs> that are supporting us. And so we appreciate that. But uh, there's some of these on the table. There are also some that are geared toward potential clients. And they'll say unplanned pregnancy. And, again, I mentioned the 180-degree difference. This is not something that I would give to a potential client. This is something that I would give to a potential supporter or donor. Same with the other. I mean, not that you all can't see what we give to our potential clients, but it's not for you. It's not, you're not thinking the way they are. So anyway, in a nutshell, that's, that's a little bit about options for women. I hope uh, to continue to enjoy your support. We've been blessed. Thank you, Ramsey Creek.